the natural weather patterns. Uh, you know, when you talk about uh, the the uh, uh, dearth and out here in the in the Midwest, and you talk about the floods in different places and uh, all this. Hey, God controls all that. Uh, this I, I can help you on something else. Uh, the, there's no such thing as climate change. Uh, President Trump had that right. It's a fallacy. It's a money-making thing is what it is. Hey, God told us in the book of Genesis that the earth would go through seasons, that there'd be changes. And they talk about, you know, last, last, uh, last uh, decade, I mean, yeah, last century, they were talking about another ice age. And now they're talking about the earth warming up. Hey, you could kill all the cows, but don't. I like that steak. And, amen. amen. But it's not going to affect climate change. Amen. You can kill all the humans off the planet, and it's not going to affect climate change. God controls that thing. Amen. But just as he controls the physical elements, he also controls the storms in our lives. Amen. And in the will of God, somebody says, well, just get saved and everything will be all right. Just get in the will of God and you'll prosper. Well, they don't read the Bible. Because if some of God's choicest servants went through storms. Storms are a part of life. Amen. I'm, I'll mention this quickly. We, we, I got a call from my son Daniel. And some of you know, Brother Bill knows and... Uh, Brother Matthews knows, and you may even know that our son Daniel was in that bad car accident, life-threatening, and, uh, you know, it, it scarred him for life and had the brain trauma and all that stuff. And uh, then he had a setback here a few years back, and, and but, uh, you know, all that was a storm. But it's amazing what God did in that storm. Now, if you used to see this same boy now, and realize how God's using him and what God's doing in him. To God be the glory. Uh, he'll be preaching at First Baptist Church in Laurel, Indiana. Uh, they're, up, they're without a pastor. And he's preaching there, not tomorrow, but next Sunday. The next Sunday, he'll be preaching there. At first. Now, from where he was to where he is, uh, to God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Okay. But now, get back to the storms. Jonah stirred his own storm. Yes, sir. This was a storm of Jonah's own making. And the purpose of the storm was to help Jonah understand what was important was the will of God. You and I sometimes stir our own storms. Now, if you're in a storm, I don't mean that you're, you're, you're running from God or there's sin in your life. But sometimes we need to take inventory. Because, you know, we, we might be in our place outwardly, but are we in our place inwardly? Amen. Amen. So Jonah stirred this storm. Uh, you, you remember in Acts chapter 27, Paul was in a storm not of his own making. Paul told that captain, that centurion, to tell the captain that we need to win her here, that it's not safe to, to set sail. And that captain said, no, we're setting sail. I mean, Paul warned him. And they went in and set sail, and they're in that storm. They named it Eurotlodon. Okay? And Paul didn't cause that storm. It wasn't anything of his own doing. He, you know, but Paul stood the storm for the glory of God. Jumped up on deck and said, be of good cheer. I mean, they're about to perish. They think they're going to die. They think they're toast. And Paul says, be of good cheer. Amen? He stood the storm. Amen. But here's the best news. Jesus is the man who steals the storm. I don't care if it's your own making. I don't care if it's somebody else's making. The only hope you have is the one who controls the storms. He, this man, the Lord Jesus Christ, still steals the storms. Amen. Okay. In Matthew 14, when they come out of that, got to the other side of the sea, they worshiped him. The whole purpose was get us our ducks in a row, get our 
thoughts right, that we're, that we're in the will of God, and that we're in a place where we can worship Him and give glory to Him. You think about crossing the sea, if the disciples in the will of God had got on board ship and just got to the other side, they'd got the other side and said, we crossed the sea. But because of the storm, when they got the other side, it was, you should have been there. Jesus come walking on the water. I mean, we, didn't, we, were, we were scared to death. Peter himself got out and walked high step. You, I, I know you're not believing. You'd have been there to see it. All storms aren't because you're not right. It's God using that. Amen. In our life. In fact, if, if we're right with God and we know we're doing what God wants us to do and we're in the storm, we ought to thank him that he counted us faithful to stand the storm. Amen. Okay. That's, that's the rest of chapter 1. Uh, the, but here in, cha in chapter 1, verse 17, uh, we're introduced to this great fish, this whale. Our Lord referred to it as a whale. Here it's called a great fish. Amen. It says there in verse 17, chapter 1, Now the Lord prepared a great fish. Here in the book of Jonah, the Lord prepared four things. You know them. I'm not, I'm not telling you nothing you don't already know. Here he prepared a great fish. In chapter 4, in verse, in verse 6, it says, And the Lord God prepared a gourd. And then in verse 7, But God prepared a worm. And then in verse 8, And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind. So we see here in these four little chapters, God prepared a great fish. He prepared a gourd. He he. He prepared a worm, and he prepared a, a great vehement east wind. It looks to me that uh, everything in the book was prepared but Jonah. Amen. Jonah wasn't prepared. Right. Right. Amen. Okay. Which leads me to this. Uh, do we really prepare when we come to church? Do we, do we really prepare when we come to the Lord's house? Everything was prepared but Jonah. Ezra, Ezra chapter 7, Ezra said that he prepared his heart. Amen. You and I need to prepare our hearts. Why is that? Because everything in life is a heart matter. Sin is a heart matter. Sin is not just the, the action. It starts in the heart before it ever becomes an action. Did not our Lord say that from within, out of the heart of man... Proceeds evil thoughts and adulteries and so on. Sin is a heart matter. That's why the old timers are always talking about guard your heart. Amen. Guard your heart. Amen. Okay. Uh, sin's a heart matter. But salvation also is a heart matter. You're not justified by who you are and what you do and what church you've joined and whether you've been baptized. Salvation's a heart matter. It's when God deals with your heart and shows you how unclean you are, how big a sinner you are, amen, and, and grants you repentance, and you turn from your sin, and in your heart you turn to the Lord. It's not the, it's not the prayer. It's not the words. It's when your heart turned to the Lord, and God recognized it, and God saved you, Amen. Okay, now buckle up, hold on. Giving is a heart matter. Uh, you, you can't make anybody give to the Lord. You could have missions meeting till the Lord comes. And if it's not in their heart, they're not going to do any more than what they're doing. I'm talking in general terms now when I say that. I, 
I'm not pointing anybody out here. Amen. But I'm saying that giving's a heart matter. I can prove it to you. Barbara and I had six children, and we're still giving to them. Not because they were all such little darlings. But they're ours. They're our. Whatever they are, they're ours. Amen. Now, you be honest. You didn't, you didn't give to your children just because they were such angels growing up. No, you gave to them because you loved them. Amen. Uh, uh, I, 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 the, the first song that the lady sang, uh, the love of Christ ought to constrain us and motivate us that we find the will of God and get involved with all our heart. What's what we do? We do it heartily as to the Lord. Amen. And in that, we find what God would have us to do, and we do it from the heart. Amen. Uh, Chris Matthews was a wonderful pastor. Uh, did a great job there in Lindsborg and uh, had great teaching from Dr. Shepherd. Amen. And, but we always loved going there. And uh, he had a great work going. But God moved in his heart to give himself to go to Vietnam. Right. Amen. Uh, this young man, Brother Cooley, uh, fine family. Boy, you can't find a finer family than the Cooleys. And, and, and uh, just a fine family and a good church. But, I mean, God put it in his heart to give himself to go to uh, Oregon. Right. Good night, ducks. Whoever wants to play for ducks, <laughs> you, you shoot them and eat them. Amen. Amen. But he's going to Oregon. Amen. And who? somebody said it's the second uh, most need of churches or less, however, however it was phrased. Amen. Hey, it's not going to be hunky-dory in Oregon. Amen. Okay, now why do you mention that? Well, they gave of themselves, the love of God constrained them, and from a heart of love, they're motivated, this is God's will for their life. Amen. Now, I told you missions is both corporate and individual. Amen. God, God, you can see it in, in the book of Acts, we... Don't have time to run over, but read Acts chapter 13, okay? And in Acts chapter 13, uh, Paul and, and Barnabas had given themselves to, to go, and they were being sent out of the church of Antioch, amen, okay? Now, there's two sendings in there. One is that God put it on their heart and was sending them. And the other is that that local church in Antioch, God put it on their heart to give to send them. And it's for the same common goal of that God's interested in reaching the lost. Amen. Amen. Now, missions. God has it all through the book. I mean, even in the Old Testament, we can, we can dig out and show you how God had missions all the way planned, even, even way back, okay? But now, uh, God's plan is the plan that'll work, okay? Now, here, I'm, I'm getting off track. I got a lot to cover. I hope you'll stay with me.
when David was in Ziklag, and uh, he, the king of Gath uh, had, sent, had sent him back to Ziklag, and he, he found the camp full by the Amalekites. Right. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, sometimes that's all you can do is encourage yourself yeah. in the Lord. Right. Because even that band of men, 600 men, turned on David yeah. there. Okay? But he took those 600 men, and they found that Egyptians who had been cast aside, and it's all in there, first time or present. And, and uh, uh, that Egyptian led them to the, where the Malachites were. And on the journey, they came to the brook Bezor. And there at the brook Bezor, there were 200 so faint that they couldn't make it any further. Okay? So David told them to stay there and stay with the stuff. Right. right. Hold down the fort. Yes, sir. Stay with the stuff. And the other 400 went out, and they they defeated the Malachites, brought back all the spoil and all the women and all the children. On the way back, picked up those 200, got back to the uh, camp at Ziklag, and it pictures now, it pictures the judgment seat of Christ in this sense, because now it was time to divvy up the reward. Right. Okay, amen. And, and uh, there was some... Uh, there that said, hey, they didn't go. Right. Let them have their wives and children, and that's all. And David said, no, those that stayed with the stuff are as important as those that went to the battle. Yeah. We're going to divide up alike. Amen. Amen. And in fact, you read that those that had stayed with the stuff, held down the fort, kept in their place, he brought them to the forefront and saluted them. Amen. Amen. Good. What are you saying? I'm saying your part's just as important as their part. God chooses to use man. What a privilege. Amen. I can have a part in some Oregon fellow getting saved. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I can have a part in some Vietnamese getting saved. Amen. 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 And whoever else you may support are already but you've got to do both parts as they do their part. Yep. And you have to do it out of a heart of love. Right. So love of Christ ought to restrain us. Amen. So we need to find out the purpose of this meeting then is not necessarily to get your money. Yeah, see how quiet it gets when you talk about money. It bothers folks in the church. Money. Doesn't bother them at Walmart. Didn't bother me at Golden Crowd today. Somebody paid for all that that I ate. <laughs> well, if I had to pay that myself, I'd still be owing. <laughs> Amen. But it shouldn't bother you to talk about money. The money is what God uses to send them in. But it's it's your heart that He uses to to be able to send them. Amen. Okay. So God prepared this great fish to swallow up Jonah. I don't believe Jonah ever hit the water. I believe this fish was had sonar zeroed in on, on that ship. From the God, time God made that fish, it followed that ship. Wherever that ship went, it was on a mission. It was going to do the will of God. And when they threw Jonah overboard, that fish caught him in the air. He never hit the water. Amen. Now, he's probably sorry afterwards that he had profit indigestion for three days and three nights. But he'd done the will of the Lord. Now, we're not done with that fish. We're going to come back to him. Now, we're going to concentrate on Jonah here for the next little bit. Look in Jonah 2 and verse 1. Then. See that? See that word? It's important. Then Jonah prayed. You know what's sad? You don't hear where Jonah prayed in chapter 1. Jonah wasn't seeking the Lord in chapter 1. Jonah wasn't interested in the Lord's will in chapter 1. 
How many times do we line up with Jonah? Are we praying about God's will? It's when God brought him out of the storm. Uh, when he was swallowed by the fish. When he's in the greatest trial of his life. Then Jonah Isn't it sad that about the only time we really get serious with God is when we're in the storm? We, we don't really pray. I tell you, I'll confess. I'll confess. The, the most serious time in my life is when I saw my boy on life support. And they couldn't give me any hope. They didn't know if he's going to live. They didn't know what he'd be when he'd come out of it. He was in a coma. Suffered brain shrinking. I didn't know what brain shrinking was. They said he could be in the coma seven hours or seven days or seven. This is what the words the doctor spoke. Seven weeks or seven months or seven years. Or he might not ever come out. And then Mr. Shock, when he comes out of a coma, we can't tell you what he'll be. Right. He could be a vegetable. He suffered brain shearing. They give us a room in that Cincinnati Trauma Center there where the doctors stayed when they were working the shifts. And I'd have to hear Barbara Lee over there. Oh, God. Oh, God, my son. Oh, God. And no words to comfort her. I'd have to be strong before her, and I'd have to be strong before the family in the waiting room. And I'd go in that shower, and I, I couldn't shower, and I couldn't shave. I'd let the water run. I'd cry out, oh, God. You promised you wouldn't put more on me than I could bear. And God, I'm about to fold. God, you've got to give me something to give to the family. Amen. I can stand here and tell you, that's probably the, the, the most honest praying I ever did. We wait for that. John didn't pray until he was in the whale. He didn't pray until he, he, he'd come out of the storm. Right. And then we wonder why the world's going to the, you know, way it is. Right. Those timers prayed. Yes, Who was that one that went to Scotland? Oh, my, what was his name? He lay in bed at night. Of course, they didn't have internet and iPhones. TVs and, and uh, you know, yeah. he'd he lay in the bed at night, go to sleep, and he'd crawl out of bed, and he'd cry out all night, oh, God, give me Scotland, lest I die. And he'd pray all night. Percy Ray, I mean, you mentioned his name, some liked him, some didn't like him. I say he was a, he was a great man. man. Boy, you talk about a man who prayed. Some of the tales they tell on him in his prayers. I believe it. I believe John right. did it. Amen. I'll give you another one. Don Green. Don Green prayed for me every day. Amen. I was on his prayer. I've been on his prayer list probably 40, probably almost 48 years. Amen. Don Green called my name. Yeah. Called my name. Don Green's pattern was he prayed. Uh, his devotions took him four hours a day. Four hours a day. He's not going to get the field without his prayer and without your prayers. He'll not get that paperwork without his prayers and your prayers. Don't wait for the storm. Then Jonah prayed. Okay. Now, what I want you to see is this whale. 
and the effect the whale had on Jonah. Okay, I've got just, um, I, I'm, I'll not keep you long after this. There's a lot we could say. But uh, I want you to take note of what this, what the influence the whale had on Jonah. Okay? Uh, by the way, before I forget this, isn't it amazing how all of God's creation submits and obeys the voice of the Lord with the exception of the highest creation, and that's man. Man has the audacity to tell man no. Amen. Jonah did. Told God, no, I'm not going to Nineveh. Let them die in their sin. But you notice, God told this whale to swallow up Jonah. And it was right there to do it. Caught him in the air. You remember when uh, Peter was talking about paying taxes in the Gospels? And the Lord confronted him on it. And he told Peter to go drop his line with a hook, no bait, no lure, nothing, to drop his line. And God had told a fish to swallow that coin. And then I told that fish, you get on Peter's line, there's no lure, there's no bait, there's nothing. And the fish gets on Jonah's line and God, uh, Peter pulls the fish out and takes the coin and pays the taxes. You remember Balaam's beast? Balaam, Balaam couldn't discern God. He's a hireling prophet. Couldn't sense God anywhere. Amen. But that beast could. And the beast spoke when Balaam wouldn't. You remember the rooster that crowed? We ought to be ashamed that the animal kingdom obeys its creator. And you and I will sit here and tell him no. Amen. Well, here, what what the whale got Jonah to do. Jonah's life was empty. It was vain. Uh, He was going nowhere. It was a dead end. Uh, I'm running ahead of myself, but I'll hit it again tomorrow. Uh, You know, this Christian life is a life of faith. You got in by faith. You were justified by faith. It's amazing how you can trust a sovereign God to save your never-dying soul and then forget about him. Can't trust him to do anything else. You can't trust him to give through you to missions. You can't trust him to surrender your life to whatever it is he wants you to do. Amen. Okay. But here, uh, the whale got Jonah. The whale got Jonah. Okay. Look here again with me there in verse 1. Then Jonah prayed. The whale, what, what did the whale do? The whale got Jonah to pray. Amen. I don't want to wait for the whale. I don't want to graduate from whale seminary. You know, we talk about the cliques in the Bible schools and things. And they're out there. I mean, if you didn't go to their school, you're none. I'm sorry. I didn't go to none of them schools. (laughs) <laughs> but God still has a place for me. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I, I might not headline their college program uh, when they have their graduation, but I come to Sooner Rolls. I, I used to go to Smoky Valley. Amen. Amen. Now, but the whale got Jonah to pray. I don't want to wait for the, I don't want to wait for the whale. Amen. Can you imagine when Jonah come out? Uh, I, 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 can, I can, in my mind, think they smelled Jonah before they ever saw him. <laughs> Them digestive juices worked on him for three days and three nights. 
Can you imagine uh, when, he, when he was vomited out, what he smelled like, let alone what he looked like? But not only did he pray here, but, uh, I mean, he takes him down to the depths, and Jonah's crying out down in the depths. Right. Amen. So the well got Jonah to pray. Don't wait for the well. You ought to pray now. When you think of missions, I remember those two verses. Uh, uh, Jesus said, I wish you not that I must be about my father's business. And Saul of Tarsus said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Don't wait for the whale. Lord, what is my part? Amen. But then notice the second thing the whale did. And that is that it gave Jonah a vision of hell. Carried him down. Look in verse 2. And said, I cried by reason of my affliction in the Lord. And he heard me out of the belly of hell. Cried I. And thou heardest my voice. You know, we have forgotten the reality of hell. I remember when we used to criticize those that talked about all is well, there is no hell. You're crazy. And that's, that, that's our lifestyle. We got enough Jonah in us that, boy, if the, what are you cutting me off for on the highway? <laughs> Instead of, well, I hope he doesn't crash and go to hell. You get my point? Yes, sir. We've forgotten about hell. The old timers preached on the hell. The Sunday morning, Barbara and I got saved. They were friendly, just like you folks are friendly. It was a little country church, and they welcomed us, and the preacher took time to talk to me. Everybody talked to me. They were happy singing their songs. We didn't know them. We'd never heard them. We was lost. Amen. Right. Uh, but all that, I mean, they, some lady's piano sang a special. I mean, she was happy in it. Uh, she was enjoying herself, testifying about the Lord. And, uh, but then that old, that old man of God, boy, all that kindness and friendliness went out the front door. He's a short man, almost as big around as he was tall. Uh, he, he uh, this is no reflection, Brother Chris, okay. But he, he, was, he was bald. And he let his hair grow, you know, run along, just above his ears, what Harry had. Right. And he combed it over on that bald and pasted it down. And he got to preaching, and he got, boy, I mean, he's preaching in a big way. He didn't even put his Bible on the pulpit. He'd run this way, and then he'd run that way. And Barbara and I were sitting about where that, where that lady is, right there, the... Uh, in, the, in the blue jean jacket, and, and we just sat on the back, but the members were already there. <laughs> so we found the first empty seat, and that old man took out off that pulpit. He had short, stubby hands. And boy, he, he'd come down and point that stubby hand. He preached up and down. I mean, we were quite a few disturbance. I mean, I thought my feet were already
You know, the ladies get talking about how men waste their money on guns and talk about hunting and and good night. I, I had a preacher friend that talked about paying $250 for a putter. And I thought, man, for, for a putter? And then $45 to go play 18, you know, chase the ball around, 18 right. holes. I mean, one club cost you two. Good night. Amen. Amen. But people are dying in their sins. They're going to hell. They're going to die lost. We need to open our eyes to the reality of hell. The whale got Jonah to pray. The whale gave Jonah a vision of hell. That's why we need to get we need to get busy. I mean, the Lord's coming. Amen. And then, speaking of that, speaking of that, I mentioned last night the mourner's ministry. You know, churches have visitors, and nobody's on the altar. I mean, that's sad. I mean, if you have one visitor come in, you ought to be on the altar. Oh, y'all, don't let them leave like they came. Well, there's a third thing. Not only did he get him to pray and give him a vision of hell, but then also the the whale got Jonah to make a commitment. Look look at verse 9. He says, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvations of the Lord. Now, you can take it however you want, but I take it that that Jonah's realizing that he needs to go preach that message. And he makes a commitment to it. Amen. Okay. Now, the thing about missions, you got to be committed. You won't accidentally get involved. You won't accidentally keep it up. You, you won't accidentally give it. You're going to have to make a commitment. You, you know what I hear? I don't like that faith promise. Ministry. I don't believe in making commitments. I said, are you married? That's funny. I thought, I thought you made a commitment. Amen. I said, then I said, oh, you must have paid cash for your house. You made a commitment, didn't you? Right. Amen. When when you took out that cell phone plan, there wasn't a commitment. Right. See, we believe in making commitments. We just don't believe we ought to do it for the Lord. The Lord's not worthy of our money. He's not worthy of our time. Jonah was all for it if it pleased him. We'll get into that more tomorrow. We're just as bad as Jonah. We're all for it if it pleases us. 
But see, this mission, you're going to have to make commitment. When you think about missions, it's as God has prospered you. Uh, you know, some, some people, uh, they, here, here, hold on. I don't want to scare anybody. Some people, $20 would be a sacrifice. Other people, $20 wouldn't even be a tip. Amen. Remember I was talking about staying with the stuff? Yeah. The only reason, you remember this is about missions. We're to, we're to pray for our, our missions. You ought to pray for your missionaries. You ought to pray about missions. You know why people don't pray about missions? They're afraid of the answer. That's why you don't pray about missions. You're afraid of what God might tell you. Right. Amen. And then we ought to be involved in missions. We ought to go. Now, maybe you can't go to Oregon or you can't go to uh, Vietnam, and the only reason you can't go there is God's not called you. But God did give you a field. And then the third thing is, when you think about missions, God's plan is we're to, we're to give so that those that are called can go. Amen. Amen. Do you love the Lord? Do you love missionaries? Do you love souls? Do you love Calvary? Shouldn't be hard to give. Shouldn't be hard to give. Hey, credit cards, credit cards. You know, I was talking about the men with the hunting rifles, and, and I talked about the golf. I, 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 some fellow was talking about some kind of super-duper scope. Like that's going to help him shoot the deer. He was just a bad shot anyway. And the scope's not going to make any difference for him. But I mean, he's talking about all the money they pay for that scope. I don't remember. It seemed like it was like $1,000 for the scope or something. I'm saying, good night. I can buy a lot of beef for that. Yeah, right, right. Amen. Okay. And then the ladies said, yeah, get on those men. Get on those men. But ladies, ladies, I, I know ladies, when you get them circulars, I, or see them on your phone now, you don't get them in the mail anymore, I don't reckon. But you see, and it says, shoes, half off. <laughs> Glory, God's in this. <laughs> and you don't have enough room for shoes now. You'd have to live another 20 years to get around to all the shoes. <laughs> But that's all right because it pleases me. Amen. Don't you think we ought to start pleasing the Lord? I, I, hear, I hear stupid things from Christian people. I, they get an allowance to blow. And they blow it every week. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with people? Souls way in the balance. And they're going to be found wanting. God has a plan. And he wants to use you to be a part of it. I remember that World War II generation that, that Uncle Sam wants you. And boy, they put that uniform on and be proud. Amen. Okay. God's given us a uniform. Called the armor of God. Lord, be proud to put it on and show up for service. Lord, here I am. Whatever you want. Help my heart to stay right. Help me to make the commitment pleasing to you. Amen. And then fulfill it. That we might get a letter back. I had a man come. Been coming out a couple weeks. God's working on his heart. Yes, yes, Next letter, that man got saved. Remember that? I told you in that last letter? Yeah, boy, he got gloriously born again. It'll be worth a few dollars. Chris Matthews gets over there and learns Vietnamese. I'd like to see somebody with that Tennessee drawl learn 
<laughs> learned Vietnamese. You talk about A's and O's and O's. <laughs> but you, you get my thought. Hey, there's a whole bigger picture than what you and I are seeing. Jonah's eyes got opened in the whale. I'll say it again. I don't want to graduate from Whale Seminary. I want to submit my life now. I want to do my part. Amen. Preacher, you come. Father, I've tried to mind you. And Lord, I, there's so much about missions. And really, when we think about all the people round about us, we, we need our hearts broken. We need our hearts challenged. I pray you'd help the man of God, help him close the service in whatever manner he chooses. I pray we'd weigh these things, ponder them, take them to heart, Lord, that uh, sooner Rose can be that which you'd have her to be. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor. Sir, I appreciate that message, and I preach. I like the fact that God's guided, guided Brother Shock into and giving him these messages out of the book and of Jonah, and just kind of got him in the way that he is. Uh, he and told Brother Cooler just to pray and preach what God lays on his heart, and you know, don't necessarily have to be about missions. God knows, but then it could be that way. Just want to mind God. I'm stirred about. You know, as a pastor, um, and this uh, this meeting has has refreshed my mind so far. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. You know about about our giving and about that commitment there, and then about other things. And we're going to hopefully take take what we've heard in these days and build thereon uh, for the church. And uh, of course, I come back from August, and uh, we I kind of referred back to this today. Speaking with Brother Cooley because he was in the meeting as well there at uh, Island Ford. And I talked about that deep, testified to the men about that deep. And, uh, you know, again, stirred as to what what we could do in our field. Oklahoma City, Midwest City, Dale City, surrounding areas. You know, look across the street, look down the road here. I mean, 30,000 people day in, day out. Some know it, some don't. Brother Chris, uh, somewhere we got to talk about, we, years ago there was a ministry, I think it was in Ohio, that did these yard signs. They were a corrugated, plastic corrugated sign, and they would send you several signs, and they actually sent you a PVC frame and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a pin that went through the PVC frame and the, and the sign, and you could just put up different scriptures out there in your yard. Well, we took several of those downtown. <laughs> and uh, there were several people, there were some men in our church that were not preachers that while the preacher was preaching on the corner, they were just holding up these scripture signs. I told Brother Chris that. And last couple of Saturdays, he's he's made him some signs. He's been up here on Douglas the 29th holding up, <laughs> holding up some scripture signs. And, uh, you know, he's got some reactions with the horn. And so on and so forth, but you know that deep. Uh, if the, I was thinking to myself, you know the traffic that shows up at these gates every single morning. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, looking at the time. Now, if I stand here for X amount of long, you know, can I be here and hold up a scripture? Especially as the as the days are getting longer and and the, and the sun's coming up a little earlier. Could I stand up here with the scripture sign outside, you know? And I mean, they're they're creeping along to get in that gate, <laughs> and then still make it in. You know, <laughs> I don't. I, I could just hear it, especially if word got through the gate. Got on base. There's a crazy dude up here, <laughs> and and it gets down to my office, and I said, "Yeah, did you hear about that fellow that's standing up there with some kind of sign holding up traffic or whatever?" That would be me. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, contemplating some of these things as, as the preacher's been preaching, you know, what would you have me to do? 
Where is our deep? We can cast the net, and God, you know, we're going to cast the net and trust you. But we've got to cast the net. We've got to do our part. We can sit here in the boat mending our nets all we want, or we can get on the other side of them glass doors back there and actually cast it. God help us. And I'm looking, I mean, yeah, we're just a handful, but so were the 12. <laughs> I think that's what we got in our membership, two, four, me and her, at least six, eight, 10, 11. We got 11 in our membership. That's right. So Judas, yeah, Judas is gone. So we got our 11. All right. This is our membership. And what God did with, I mean, what Christ did with his 11. Amen. So what can we do with our 11? That's members. If we just cast out in the deep. Cast our nets. Trust God to fill them. And he's telling us to go, Lord, we've been out there before. We've toiled all night. We haven't caught a thing. But at thy word. And that's our attitude. At thy word, okay, Lord. I went knocking once. And I didn't, you know, we didn't get nobody to come once. Lord, we've toiled all night. We've done done this before, but we didn't see nothing. No fish in the nets, you know, while we've been doing it. But he says, watch out in the deep. Cast that nets on the right side. <laughs> At thy word, Lord. So is he telling us to stand on the street corner with the sign? Is he telling us to go to Walmart and pass out trash? Is he telling us to... Go downtown to to uh, Scissor Tail Park. I've seen I've seen a site in Scissor Tail Park that I I didn't want to see. It had it, it was it was about six foot six, maybe with its tall heels on. It looked like it was supposed to be some kind of flamboyant female, but you could tell it was probably a male underneath all that stuff. And I'm just like I was repulsed. You know, at the side, in fact, it was just one of those sites that everybody was going, you know. But did I cry aloud against it? To my shame, no. Was I ready with a rebuke? To my shame, no. God help. They were taking some pictures. It was up around the skating rink there. But this is... You know, my prayer to him, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man is much. My prayer for him going, and what was that? What you, he referred to it when he was preaching. That Oregon is the whatever state, and in his town or his county. He's going to the first or second most unchurched state or county in the state, and the state is the most unchurched state in the country. That's where he's going. And it's the whatever headquarters of what atheist bunch? The Central Oregon Atheist. My prayer is going to be that God would save the president of that organization. <laughs> I know he's preaching on Jonah. But when word, he, he went halfway through the town, but word got to the greatest, from the greatest to the least. Word got to the king. When word got to the greatest, the king make a, made a proclamation, and then everybody was in sackcloth and ashes. If I pray for the leader of the atheist bunch in his town... You know, I often, I often pray, God, send me into a town and direct my path. I'm, you know, go to a town and just, you know, talking about jail ministries. Go to the town and, and go down to the local jail and say, who is the fellow that's in here the most? I mean, like a revolving door. He's in here every Saturday night in a drunk tank. 
if they would share that information with me, then go after that fella. Because if God can save that fella in the community, everybody's going, whoa, God really did something there. You know those giants, get the big one. If the big one falls, everybody else just runs. Everybody else runs. So pray for the big one. Pray for them big giants that he's going to be facing. Pray for the big giants that he's going to be facing. He's the giant over there, though. <laughs> Head and shoulders above the rest. Amen. But I'm just stirred about, and that's what I wanted out of this meeting, just some contemplation, some internal searching as to where we are as individuals, we are as families, and we are as a church. Me are as a pastor. <laughs> I know that's not good English, but I needed this. I really did. As your pastor. I think we're going to have a song of invitation after all that. Some's been on the altar already. appreciate the response. But just give you a time. Come and pray. Brother Tim, is Pam come? Sing a song that the Lord spoke in your heart about our deep, about your part in the ministries of these men, your part in the ministries of those out there on the boards that we pray for and we support. Just pray about your part as we sing this song. Help him carry the cross. Mm -mm -mm. My, my, my. All right. Appreciate that song. Appreciate the message. Appreciate God stirring my heart. Oh, I forgot Josh and Jennifer. So we do have one more than. Uh, yeah, I did. I, I had them counted up earlier, but I was just counting them again tonight. But yes, we have Josh and Jennifer as members. Thank you for that. So we do have, but it's still yet, 13. And I uh, appreciate what's, what's been done and what people are, are doing, but we can do more. I can do more. It's just cross, I mean, a mirror and a magnifying glass. <laughs> just 
starts with me. Revival starts with me. We've mentioned that. Mission starts with me. I just bring it down to me. Lord, help me. Help us as a church. All right. Well, thank the Lord for the day and the good fellowship we've enjoyed, the good preaching we've enjoyed. Looking forward to tomorrow and uh, fellowship meal here tomorrow. I appreciate uh, the Matthews making. I, I understood when you was traveling to Oregon that you was driving, that you was... <laughs> It's just going to be super road weary, you know, but I mean, you're road weary enough going from uh, Oklahoma to South Carolina and back, because I know you are, but uh, we've been praying for you and appreciate Brother Matthews and his family and, and like I said, I'm the, the reconnection, because we really enjoyed when you were still in the States before you went, and then what we was getting in the prayer letters when you first went there, you know, everybody in your, in your blue and your mask and the whole nine yards, we was praying... And we, I mean, we made it a period of a specific prayer, and was 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 elated when you had to go into quarantine. And I know it was a burden on your heart because when you was here right before you went, that you had to go into the COVID quarantine. That you would hopefully, your prayer was to be on the same floor because they could have separated you. We made that a specific matter of prayer here. And when you come, and I ask you, you say, we're on the same floor. I say, praise God, <laughs> because that was an answer to a specific prayer in your life. And then I shared that with the church. So I, 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 pre I appreciate these specific needs because every Saturday night, Brother Shot mentioned, you know, it's an off night for being in church. But every Saturday night at 7, this, well, most of the 13, most Saturday nights are right here praying. We come in, sing two songs, we read our prayer list, and we pray. Amen. And we go. And that was started before I got here, but I'm thankful for the for the prayer. And I think our church has seen answer to our prayers. <laughs> Among other prayers. We've seen it. And if we just keep on praying, keep on believing. We can pray, we can believe, but we got to put our some feet. On the prayers, there's a story about a, a church that was praying that the praying praying against a liquor store that was being built downtown, down the road from them. And finally, somebody come running into like a church one day and said, "That liquor store is on fire." And there's one of the church members walking up the road with a gas can, and they said, "What's going on?" Said, "I just put some feet on your prayers." <laughs> <laughs> we got to put some feet on our prayers, amen. <laughs> I hope this is not recorded. If a liquor store burns, liquor store burns down in Oklahoma City, is that the church? Is that the church? Is <laughs> All right. So, for those who want to run up to Brahms, there's a couple of scoops of ice cream with my name on it, Mrs. Mrs. Shock's name on it. I know what flavor. Amen for her, but we're going to run up to the Brahms up here on post to get us an ice cream cone or a, a french fry or whatever. So we're headed that way. Anybody wants to come, head that way with us, and we'll enjoy a little bit more fellowship around some food. We kind of like to do that around here, as you can tell. So so we're headed that way and looking forward to tomorrow's services. Amen. Brother Glenn, if you'd dismiss us, please, in a word of prayer.
Man. Start 